for today, I want to talk to you about memes. Now, what do you understand from the word meme? If you've heard it and you can't really avoid having heard about memes in this day and age, you're probably thinking about the kinds of thing that you see on social media. So images, little video clips, quotes. Matt, I'm quite disappointed because I did want to try and put together a little funny meme of you to show, but it turns out I'm just not that clever at doing that online. So, but teenagers, young people, people watching, you're probably all awesome at putting together these little memes or sharing them. It's funny stuff. It's little something that makes us smile, something that catches you in a moment, and we share them. But the original idea of a meme and that word actually comes from psychology. And it's basically about the kinds of information that the human brain finds interesting. It's stuff that really grabs our attention. So we bother to share it. And memes is any little package of information, any little fact, a little story, something that happens, something that sticks in your mind. It's those things when you're chatting to someone that you say like, oh, did you hear about this? Or did you see that moment on Strict? the other night or the things that pop into your head or that you text to a mate every time you do that you are spreading a meme you're spreading a little piece of information you're spreading a story and memes are how information spreads amongst human beings so the psychology of memes is about how stories spread in history through words ideas voice to voice person to person and they've always been powerful, but in this current day and age, memes are even more powerful because of course, thanks to social media, a, a meme, a package of information, a story, an idea, we pop it up there and it has the potential to spread incredibly quickly, so fast, so fast, literally and slightly ironically in the current situation. We talk of things going viral, just the way that an idea can spread. And any of us, therefore, have the potential to bring influence, to speak something, not just into our own moment, into our own lives, but with a much broader impact because memes spread. And um, so I heard, I don't know, some of you may be lucky enough not to know what I'm talking about now, but most of you will know that little video on YouTube, Baby Shark. I'm so sorry. Just saying that, some of you are now going to have that stuck in your head for the rest of today. But you know that little video, and if you don't know it, then don't worry, but just be relieved that you don't. But Baby Shark has now, I heard this week, been viewed by over 7 billion people. It's YouTube's most streamed video. And bearing in mind that the population of the world is only just under 8 billion, that's pretty much everyone in the world has watched it at least once. Apparently, if you played it back to back, that would mean that Baby Shark has been streamed continuously for 30,187 years. Yeah, just, just pause with the horror of what that moment would be like. But memes spread, stories spread, information spread. But here's an interesting fact. Did you know some types of story, some types of information, some types of meme, they spread more than others? Because the things that catch your attention, the human mind is often triggered by anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion that, that is all about what needs to grab your attention. So stories, situations, moments in life that grab your attention, that trigger anxiety, they are more likely to be spread than other stories. 
And so what we see on social media, but also in real life, is that very often the stories that spread more quickly, more significantly than others are the ones that perhaps we wouldn't want to spread. Because actually dark stuff spreads quicker than good news. You remember really recently we've had an injection of hope, haven't we, with news of another injection and another injection. Oh, please, God, the idea that vaccines hopefully will bring an end to this pandemic. Hopefully not even that long. It's going to be a few months, but hopefully we'll start to see that. But when that news broke, something very quickly started to spread too and spread quicker than the good news and the hope news. And it was fake news. It was anti-vax stuff. It was fake stories about risks and, and negativity. And so quickly that message of hope started to get punctured. It started to feel flimsy. It started to feel vulnerable because the dark stories spread so much quicker because they grab our anxiety. And the risk is that darkness spreads, despair spreads. Those things spread quicker than the things that we really want to spread. So I want to take a moment today just for us all to ponder. What do you want to spread? What stories do you want to carry? Because the story of the Bible is about the amazing truth that we get to choose what we carry to our own worlds, to our context, to our situation. But thanks to social media, so many of us now also, just like anyone else, we have the potential to speak and spread a bigger story, possibly way further than we would ever realize. And I want to share with you three stories today as we journey through this and, and three things that I think God wants to speak into our moment as we ponder this. Now, they are all from a book called Acts. This is a book that's in the New Testament. It's the one that comes after the Gospels. And Acts is really the story of the earliest church. So it's just after Jesus has died and risen from the dead. And it's the bunch of people who were his followers, who became the first form of the early church, therefore, who started telling people about what had happened and eventually started journeying around. And we're going to go through three stories from Acts. So if you want to follow with me, you can, but if not, just sit back, enjoy. I'll fill you in on the background that you need to know. So our first story is Acts chapter five, and it's about a guy called Peter and the rest of the apostles, that's the guys who were this early church. And they were teaching in Jerusalem in the temple court. So they were telling people all about what had happened. And more than that, the Acts 5 tells us they were praying for people. They were seeing people healed. They were seeing people freed from stuff. Things were changing. Things that had held people back for their whole lives were being lifted off them. And they were creating quite a stir. Acts tells us that people were starting to travel in from nearby villages to see these guys. So we know that something was spreading. A story was spreading of good news, of freedom, of life, of hope. But the weird thing about human beings is that the high priests, the Jewish authorities, they didn't like it. Like, why would you not like this? But humans are so complex. They were jealous. They nervous of the power of this new story and so the story tells us that they actually had Peter and the apostles arrested and these guys were thrown into jail let's just pause for a minute you think if you're spreading a good story 
that the only good could ever come of that. But the difficult truth is, is that sometimes we do everything right. We do the right stuff. We hold the right things. But our act of courage in doing that leads to difficult stuff for us. And these guys ended up in prison. You know, when I first became a Christian, a lot of people thought that if you decided to follow Jesus, your whole life would become super easy and there would be no complexity, no difficulties, no challenges. That's not what the Bible says. Actually, because these guys chose to carry the amazing story of hope and life that Jesus had brought, they ended up in prison. But during the night, the story tells us that miraculously God sends an angel to them and they're freed from prison. God intervenes in their story to change their circumstance. And what I want to focus on in this story is what the angel says to them to explain why God has decided to do this. And he says this, this is Acts 5 verse 20. This is the message translation. He says, the angel this is, go back to the temple and take your stand. Tell the people everything there is to say about this life. And, and it means Jesus life. It's the story of what Jesus has done. Literally the Greek language there that's used in Acts to tell the story. It, the angel says to them, go back where you were and tell that story more. And, and the language says that they should tell the whole story. It's the whole picture. Tell the whole of God's story. This is a defiant moment. This is the angel saying, I know you sharing this story led to something difficult, but God wants you to go back and do it more. Tell those people the whole story. Spread God's story. Even though it's meant that things have got tough for you, go back and do it. I love the defiance. We are called to defiantly in the face of challenge for us, tell God's story and not be put off doing it. Okay. Story two, still in Acts. This is Acts 12. And it's poor old Peter again. He had a rough time. And, and things have continued to hot up for the followers of Jesus. We've moved quite a bit on in the story. And actually one of them, a guy called Jacob, he's been captured in prison and, and actually beheaded. He's lost his life because he's chosen to tell this story. And, and what we read is that, that Herod the king has seen that the Jewish leader seems so pleased by this that he decides to arrest poor Peter again. So the story that's telling out here in human terms does not look like it's going anywhere good for poor Peter. The last guy who was arrested ended up losing his head. Peter is now in prison. It's the Passover. So what he's got is some time to think about it. Nice. Poor old Peter to just sit and stew about where this human story seems to be going and recognize the fact that he might be about to make the ultimate sacrifice for his decision to tell this story. It's not looking too bright. In fact, Acts tells us that Peter has a host of soldiers guarding him. Maybe the king heard about what happened the last time somebody tried to put Peter in prison. He's chained. He's got soldiers either side of him. And in the story, he's asleep. Now, I don't think he's just chilling out, having a nice snooze. The word that's used there says that he's basically dead to the world. He is exhausted and he's totally helpless. He's in this utterly dark situation. There's nothing he can do about it. It's like he's just passed out in exhaustion and helplessness in, in just, look, you know, what can he do? But somewhere else, 
there are people doing that defiance thing. Right at the beginning of Acts 12 in this story, it tells us that the church, that bunch of people who are following Jesus, the minute Peter was arrested, what did they start to do? They started to pray. So they saw one story playing out that looked like it was going somewhere really grim. And did they accept it? No. They stood up in defiance and they started to tell a better story, a different story. They started to speak God's story over Peter defiantly in prayer. And and the Greek that's used to describe how they praise, your translation might say it was that they were fervent, they were focused. Literally, the, the language, the word that's used means that they were stretched taut, like there was no slacking, no slack in their prayers. They pushed it to the absolute limit. They were as defiant as it was possible to be. They were as victorious as you could possibly be in that situation, in their prayers, in their declaring something better over Peter. And as a result, There's another miracle. Peter's freed again. I mean, literally an angel turns up, pokes him in the side and says, come on, let's go, mate. It's time to go. And Peter thinks it's a dream. He's just so out of it, so exhausted. He can't believe it's true. The story dramatically changes. And and I love the story that, that he literally turns up at the house where they're praying, knocks on the door. And the person who opens the door is so shocked to see the guy they've been praying for stood there that she just loses her head and shuts the door on him. It's brilliant. I love that story. But just pause on what happened there. Peter was in no position to pray for himself. He wasn't able to be the person who defiantly told a better story in that moment. But his friends did. They stepped in for him. And as a result, the story dramatically changed. Because a bunch of people decided to speak a better story. Everything was different. Despair and death disappeared. Prison disappeared. And possibility came out of that story instead. When we choose in the face of challenge to speak God's story, we can see everything change. Okay, story three. This is Acts 16. And this time, thankfully, not Peter. It's a guy called Paul. And Paul was another one of this band of early Jesus followers. And the first missionary, really, he traveled out of Jerusalem. He traveled around telling people about Jesus, particularly people who were not from the Jewish background. He wanted everyone to come to know this amazing story. He wanted to spread it as far and as wide as possible. And in Acts 16, he's in a place called Macedonia. And he's gone there because he had a really specific dream telling him to go there. And and he's teaching. But again, there's this beautiful human story because there's this girl following them and she's a servant girl and she's got like a demonic influence over her. And and what this means is that the people who own her, they've been making money out of her because she can. She seems to be able to 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 tell fortunes, to maybe predict the future. She's got this role. People come to her and she tells them stuff that they want to know. And and people pay for that. And she started following the Paul and his mates around and she's driving them crazy. She's shouting stuff at them. Clearly, this has been going on a while. And we know that because what happens is that Paul seems to have a moment where he just gets to the end of his tether and he turns around. And and again, the Greek language tells us that in this moment of exhaustion and just he's had it, he can't take it anymore. He turns around and he casts the demon out of her. And it's interesting because maybe he knew that doing that would have a negative consequence because the language very much suggests that the only reason he does it, it's like an impulse, like, I've got to do this. It's just driving me crazy moment. And, and it does have a negative consequence. He's done something brilliant for her. He's spread a good story. He's brought life and hope and freedom to her. But as a result, he loses his freedom. He and a friend of his called Silas, they end up, guess what? 
back in prison again. So you can imagine, Paul is pretty cheesed off. This is not what he wanted. This is not what he expected. This is not why he went to Macedonia. He's in a grim place. The story tells us that he's in the innermost cell. So, I mean, probably none of the cells are that nice, but this is probably the grimmest. It will be dark. It's probably underground. It's damp. There's no windows. He's chained again, just like Peter was. And, and the story says it's the middle point of the night. So literally the longest from the last time that he saw the light, the longest point before he thinks he's going to see it again. It's the darkest moment. And Paul does something amazing. Because what Paul chooses to do in that moment of darkness and despair and challenge is to sing and to pray and to celebrate God's story. Now, you might think that he wasn't feeling that celebratory in that moment. And maybe he wasn't. It, it doesn't make it clear in the story how much he actually felt what he was singing at first. But he made a decision to do it in that moment. What he decided to hold and carry and spread was the amazing story of God, the goodness of God, the good stuff. Even though he was in a situation where he was surrounded by challenge. I love that. It's total and utter defiance, particularly if he didn't feel it, which I guess he probably didn't. And Acts tells us something really significant that went on while he was doing that. This is verse 25, because obviously this will have an impact on him. I'm sure when he did that, it will have lifted his mood because when we take our eyes off our own moment and we focus on the good stuff of God, it changes everything. There's an old A.W. Tozer quote I love that says that when we take our eyes off ourselves and put them on God, he calls it blessed riddance. It's like an utter relief sometimes when your own life feels relentless, feels dark feels difficult, feels full of despair. And it's such a gift to us, those of us who know God, that we can focus on something so much better and brighter. Even when this earth feels really difficult, there is a good, beautiful, bright story going on that we can be reminded of and celebrate. So when we do that, it lifts our own mood. I'm sure it will have helped Paul. But verse 25 tells us that all the other prisoners were listening. And actually, the language used there, it's they're not just listening, that there's a really interesting Greek word that's used, which is normally used in a courtroom context. It's a bit like what a jury do when they're listening to a case, that they're making a judgment, they're drawing conclusions. So they're not just watching with like a mild interest, because frankly, they've got nothing else to do in that moment. No, no, no. They're watching and, and they're interested and they're drawing a conclusion. The story that Paul is spreading in that moment is, is spreading and it's making a difference. It's affecting the people who are watching. They're hearing this story and, it, and it's starting to grow something in them. And what happens in this story again is there's an earthquake and where, hey, Paul and Silas are freed from their chains. They're freed from prison and the story plays out. It takes a bit, bit of time, but they, they do get out. They're released from the prison. But what's interesting is it's not just them. In that moment that their chains fall off and they are free, so are all the other prisoners, all the people who were watching, all the other people they were influencing, all the other people who heard this story, they're freed. When we are able to choose to carry God's story, to spread a story of hope and light, even in the face of difficult circumstances, it affects not just us, but it can bring freedom 
and all of those things that that story represents to the people around us, the people who watch, the people who are influenced, the people who draw their own conclusions. You know, so many people in the world today have never heard God's story. They don't go to church. They don't hear this stuff anywhere else. You might be the only place that they get to hear that story. And when we choose to hold it and spread something that's good, in the face of the things that would feel maybe so much more tempting to spread and talk about because our fear and our anxiety can guide our mind to grasp onto those things. When we defy that, lift our eyes to God and spread that story, it can spread freedom to other people. So let's just pause, let's recap. These are the three things I think that God wants to say to us today. And number one is that we, you, you sat here watching this today in your front room or your flat or wherever it is you're watching from, you are called to tell a better story. You are given the opportunity to carry something of God and to spread that into your circumstances, into the circumstances of the people that surround you. You know, that's amazing. We are called to be spreaders of hope in the face of gloom, of extraordinary stuff in the face of ordinary every day, of supernatural stuff in the face of our human world when there's a human story being told that can feel full of darkness and despair and gloom we have the opportunity to bring something so so much better in this season that's so needed but let me just say that doesn't mean we have to pretend everything is perfect this is really really important you know that the writer of acts is clear in each three of these stories that the situations were really grim you know what i'm saying is not that you have to be like la 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 my whole life is brilliant i am never sad i never struggle that's not what this defiant courage looks like defiant courage telling this story is doing it even though inside and and outside you are breaking we get to be real and say do you know what this is so hard I am finding everything really difficult, but did you know there's still a better story? We can so easily be binary in the way that we approach this stuff. We think that God's story can only be real if it's making everything in our life perfect, but but we're still on the earth here. We're not in heaven yet. We see a, a glimpse, a flicker of God's influence here, but not the full story. So we tell the full story in spite of the fact that we don't see the full story yet exerted on this earth. We believe in better times because we know that God is bringing change and that things are going to get better. So we do that in realness. So don't ever feel that you have to pretend. Don't ever feel it's wrong to be honest and say, I'm having a really rough week. But don't forget that that doesn't mean that you can't also tell this better story. And then number two, remember that sometimes we're called to do that for someone else. Remember Peter, he his circumstance was so grim, so desperate, so difficult, he couldn't do it himself. And again, if you're watching this today and you're thinking, do you know what, I'm just so exhausted, Kate, I can't do it. I just, and you're making me feel worse because my situation is so difficult. I've got no energy, I can't do this. And maybe I'm failing. Don't hear that in what I'm saying. Sometimes for us individual, individually, we're in such desperate situations that we can't do this. But that's when your friends step in. That's when the church steps in. So people, if you know people who are really struggling right now, your role is to speak a better story for them. And it's to say to them, I know that where you are right now, it's too hard. It's too difficult to believe in any hope, in any chance of life or light, that you feel like you've lost connection, even with this better story, that you do somewhere in your heart of hearts believe God is telling. 
And so we say to people, listen, you don't have to believe in it right now. Just believe that I believe it. And sometimes that's what gets people through. If that's you watching, I hope that gets you through today, that there are people in your life who believe a better story for you. Remember that. And then number three, remember that telling a better story helps you. It might help someone you're close to, but it's also for people who are watching, who are listening, who are learning, who are hearing the story that's told. If we don't tell this story, the only one they might hear might be the human one, the dark one, the difficult one. So when we find the inner strength and that defiant faith to tell God's story, it's powerful, not just to us, but to other people too. We get to have the possibility to spread freedom and life. It's amazing. And you may bring influence to people who you never know. You know, that tweet, that message, your sharing of this on Facebook today, who knows where that's going to go? We live in a world where the potential spread of the story we choose to tell is immense. Why not choose to make sure that the seeds you're planting are of good stuff, of light and life and hope, and then leave it to God to see what he does with that, but see the influence spread. You know, I'm just going to finish with a verse. This is Psalm 145, and it's the verse right at the end of that psalm, and it just speaks this, and this feels like a defiant decision that maybe we can make this morning, and it just says, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. And like I say, that doesn't mean we always have to say everything's brilliant. We don't have to lie. We can be real, but we can choose in the moment when things are difficult to say, do you know what? Life can be really tough, but God is amazing. There is a better story playing out here than the one that we see sometimes in our reality. There is hope. There is light. There is life and future and freedom. And we want to tell people about that. So let's take a moment just to pray. Father God, I pray for everyone who's watching this morning. And I do want to pray in particular for those who feel like they are in moments of darkness, particularly for people who, when I talked about being in the innermost cell in a prison, they thought, yeah, that's where I am. I'm like in the darkest place. There's no light. There's no window. I just pray for people who are in that place. And I pray for people who are sitting listening, thinking, I don't have the energy to do this at all. And um, we just pray a release for them. We pray a release from any guilt or judgment on them. We just pray that they would feel your peace and your love surround them. And we do pray for their friends to be defiantly speaking that message of hope for them. Right now, I just pray that you'd be nudging the friends of people who need to reach out later today and tell someone that they're doing that so that they know even in their moment of exhaustion, somebody is speaking that story for them. And we pray for all of us that, Lord God, you would inspire us with what difference it can make when we choose to spread your story. And we do just pray for that viral spread. If I can pray that in this moment, we pray for good spread, Lord God. We pray for good news, for good influence, for people whose lives will be changed by light and hope. And we pray for the spread of freedom and joy in a time when it's so desperately needed. And we just step forward, Lord God, and we say, use us in this. We recognize the potential of what we could do with the decisions and the choices that we make. And we say right now in front of you, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. So we just ask your blessing on everyone watching in Jesus name. Amen.